Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. I want to speak to you about the call of the Lord to His work. When I first got saved, I had the same idea as a lot of other people when they first get saved. But that's the preacher's job. Uh, you know, in my mind, I never did say anything like that, but I figured that God called a preacher. That's what he's supposed to do, is go out and get people. And then the older that I got in the faith and studying the Word of God, I learned very quickly that it's all of us' business to save, to get other people, not only save, but uh, get backsliders back in the fold, back in the serving the Lord. So I want to read Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, where there are men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly there was shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Father, I ask that let the Holy Spirit reveal thy truths to us tonight. Only he can do that. And we thank you for that great privilege of sitting under his teachings. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord is still calling Christians into His service. There's eight things we need to understand about the call of the Lord. Now, I know that the Lord called people. When you get saved, the Lord will speak to your heart about somebody else. And it, it, where it's your family, where it's your friend, where it's somebody that you work around. But I do know that the Lord will speak to your heart about somebody else. Now, number one, the Bible says that the field is large. Now, I want to read some verses of Scripture. I'm just going to turn through the Bible. I marked some, and I'd like for you to go with me. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 13, and I want to read beginning in verse uh, 38. The field is the world. Good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of the kingdom all things that offend of them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire that shall be weeping, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, when you read these verses, notice, first of all, the field is the world. 
The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Not only are we to witness to our own around us, but also all of the people near us. If you ever studied, Jesus sent out his disciples into Jerusalem and so on, and he starts with uh, right at home, right around you. You're going to be a witness for the Lord. You start right at home. I've often said, and I believe this, that God will not call anybody to Australia or Africa or anybody, any other country to be a missionary to that country if you don't win souls right where you're at. And I believe that same goes for a preacher also. He's not going to call you into the ministry of preaching God's Word and winning people to Christ if you don't already win people to Christ. I, I had a, a, some men call me from a church and they're get, getting ready to call a preacher. And they said, Preacher, what, Brother Strong, what do you think is, that we ought to make sure that he does more than anything else as a pastor? I said, number one is winning souls. If he does not win soul himself, then don't call him. Because you can't preach on something you don't do yourself. Amen? And it's just that simple. You, you can say words about it, but you can't. It's just like a man come to me and he was talking about divorce and all this kind of stuff. And he said, why can't you make exception uh, in certain friends in certain places? I said, listen, once you break down, once you stop, make a decision, for any reason whatsoever, then you, where are you going to stop at? And it's the same thing when it comes to souls. Uh, a man gets up and he says, I'm going to preach the gospel to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have the conviction that you ought to be a soul winner yourself, how in the world are you going to encourage somebody else to go out and soul win? And so what I'm trying to say, the first thing about uh, being in the work of the Lord, doing the work of the Lord is the field is large. Amen. Did you know there's more people lost than they are saved? The Bible says the way to heaven is nearer. And so uh, that means there's more lost than they are saved. Uh, The second thing is the need is great. Now turn to John with me, please. In John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 35. Say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. I have spent literally time after time riding around Brandon area. I was riding with somebody else, somebody, my grandson the other day. I, I never go the same way twice. If I go to the store, I come back another way. And I'm just, just something I do all the time. If I go uh, everywhere I go and I carry my grandson to my lake with me to one day to do some work and uh, he said Paul uh, we didn't come this way last time I said yeah I'd like to go different ways I like to see different things and you know, I, I like to walk right around Brandon and many times I rode around Brandon and I wondered is that person behind that door closed saved I wonder is that one saved is that daddy or that mama that little boy you see riding a bicycle are they saved you know what it tells me? The need is great. The need is great. Now, many Christians want to sit around and say to themselves, someone else will do it. Yet the Lord says, He needs you. Now, there are so many who are lost today. There are so many who need to be saved today. 
First Baptists or their great churches can't do it all. Uh, great big churches and organizations can't do it all. God needs little churches too. And God needs us also. He needs me and you. So the need is great. The third thing about it, when it comes to the work of the Lord, being called in the work of the Lord, the time is now. Galatians 6.10 As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. You know what that means? The time to serve the Lord is when we have opportunity. Not just when we feel like it. Not when we have nothing else to do. But all the time, every time we have an opportunity, we're to witness to somebody. By the way, you don't know who's saved and who's lost. I, when I make hospital calls um, over the years, the first thing I start with when I go to pray for somebody, I want to know, are you saved? And I, I, I had a man not far from here, and his mother died. And I went over to see him, and, and I knocked on the door. He said, come on in, preacher, sit down. He says, I sit down there by on, on the couch. He said, go ahead and ask me. I said, okay, are you born again? Are you going to heaven? Do you know you're saved? He said, you know I'm saved. I said, I just want to hear you say it. Amen. Because a lot of people say they're saved, but they're not. So you don't know who's saved and who's not. And so uh, the time is now. The opportunity is now. Uh, But when God affords us the opportunity, then that's the time to serve Him. We're not to wait and wait. I had a man years ago tell me that when I make my first million, then I'll serve the Lord. But he never has. Now you think about this, and by the way, he made his millions. The call is urgent. Let me show you something. Turn over Matthew uh, chapter 20. Now I got I got to think about this message today after I seen the number of people that was here. And God bless this church today and with uh, the number and people here that I've been praying for, and I know you have. And I just want to see us to keep going and doing it. In Matthew chapter 20, look at verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, Go ye also in the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And he went out about the sixth hour and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why stand you here all the day idle? You know what that's talking about? People put off serving the Lord. They put off doing the Lord's work. But the Bible said all different hours God chose people to serve Him. Now notice, idle hands are two to the devil. I used to have, I can't remember her name, uh, elder lady here, she passed away. I used to go, every time I go by her, I'd say, idle hands are two to the devil, and she'd come back with something else, some little same uh, dirty socks called dirty feet or something like that. She always got me a good one, but we always laughed and talked about that. But it's the truth. A Christian is idle. If you're saved and you know it, and you're idle, you never do it, you'll get in trouble. And some, uh, what I've thought, thought about a lot of times, show me a person in any Bible-believing church who is busy serving the Lord, 
and I'll show you a happy Christian and one that does, doesn't find fault with everything and everybody. They're busy serving the Lord. They haven't got time to get involved in arguments and fusses. They're busy. The fifth thing that I see about this message tonight, the work is varied. Amen? Turn over to Matthew chapter 25 a minute. Matthew chapter 25. And I want to read beginning in verse 21. Matthew 25 and verse 21. Everybody used to say, take your time and find it, preacher, where I can get there. Well, anymore, I can't find it, so i got to take my time. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Did you know that's the one statement I won't sit on my gravestone? If, when I die, I'd rather that be said to me than anything you could say about me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thy into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thy into the joy of the Lord. <coughs> Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strong. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that sign. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strong. You know what that's all about? It's not about the talents. It's about faithfulness. If you got one talent, God expects you to be faithful to that talent. If you got five talents, God expects you to be faithful to that talent. And so on. And so the whole thing is, did you know that every Christian that's born again, God has a use for you. He wants to use you. And you have a talent. Now, I don't want to embarrass Mrs. Brown, but uh, I'm going to tell you something about her. She don't say much when she comes to church. She sits right there. But she's an encourager. She really is. I come in the door and, and uh, she always brags on me a little bit. Now, you say, Preacher, you need bragging on me? Yeah, I do. I need a little help every once in a while. And she just says little sweet things to me every once in a while. Now, you don't know what that means to me. That's her lot in serving the Lord. You know what? Others can sing. Others can give. I, I knew a man, uh, Brother Smith, that come to our church. We used his cleaners for our church to get it started years ago. He pushed back everything. We set it up, have our service right during his cleaners. And we got started. And I never, anything he put his hand to just turned to money. He, he, he gave us $600 a week when we first started his church just because we started out as a church. <clears throat> and I get to think about it. Some people have a talent of making money. And they can serve God with their money. Others have a talent of singing, playing an instrument. But all of us have at least one talent of some sort. We can be an encourager. Uh, we can be a blessing to people. 
uh, or we can give, or we can sing, or we can play an instrument. We can do something for the Lord. And no one has an excuse of not doing it. So the work of the Lord is varied. We don't do it all alike. Amen? One thing I told this man is the church is looking for a new pastor. And they want one like they used to, the one they had. I said, <coughs> you'll never find one like you had. If your pastor moves on or your pastor dies, you look for a pastor according to the Word of God, you're not going to get another one just like the one you had. If you want. God wanted to keep him, he'd have kept the one he had. Amen? And so you've got to realize something. Everybody is different. Does that make them bad or good? No. It just makes them what God wants them to be. It's varied. The work of the Lord is varied. I've seen little preachers, big preachers. One, Brother Kingston was one of the greatest preachers. In, and sing. Man, that guy could sing. He was a little, uh, I don't know how you call him. I, I guess you call him a dwarf man. He was about four foot tall. And he, I built his church with him, helped him build his church physically. And I built him a pulpit that would, you could push a button and it would go down for him to preach in. And then if he had somebody as uh, big as I am come preach for him, uh, he would he'd push a button and it'd come up to fit me. And then Brother Nam, he was six foot seven, he'd push a button and go up here for fit him. And I, I used to look at him and I said, can you imagine that? A hump on his back, a little dwarf of a man. You look at him and say, "Can God use him?" Oh, He used him mightily. I'm serious. He was my first one of our first Sunday school teacher. Right after we got saved, and teach the Word of God, then build his own church, and just serve the Lord. What I'm saying is, and my other pastor, he's six foot seven, two hundred seventy-five pounds. God used him. And I had a little another preacher, and it just differed altogether. God used him. And I've seen, we had two ladies that used to sing in our church years ago, and one of them sounded like Kitty Wells singing. You know, the old hillbilly type voice, but oh, she could sing. I'd love to hear her sing. But I had another bigger lady, and she sang opera. I mean, just she could really sing opera and just sing for the glory of the Lord. And everybody, look at the difference in the styles that they sang. But both of them sang the Word of God, our songs out of the hymns, and glorified the Lord. What I'm saying is, we sit back and say, God can't use me. Look how He uses that person. Look what they are. And look how good they look, or, or whatever. And we say, God can't use me, because look at how God uses them. Yes, He can. He's got a job for you too. Because the work of the Lord is very then our partner is almighty. Amen? You know, I'm glad I don't serve the Lord by myself. I really am. Turn over to 2 Corinthians a minute. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Boy, I like that. You know what I've learned? We then are workers together with Him. That's the Lord. Beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. I found something. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen? I mean, anything God's got me, for me to do, He's right there to help me. I have made hospital calls. 
And I honestly did not know what I was going to say or how I was going to say it or how I was going to handle the situation. And I get in there and pray with the people, led people to Christ. I come out of the room and head down the hallway and I said, where did that come from? Where did what I said come from? I don't have that kind of memory, but I found some. If you'll go for the Lord, do the best you can. The Bible said He'll put words in your mouth that He won't say it. And He will too. He'll bring it to your remembrance. And the seventh thing is, the means of service is provided. God is with us. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Isaiah 50, verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me a tongue, the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. You know what the devil wants us to believe? He wants us to believe that somebody's going to ask you a question now you can't answer. You're going to be made a fool out of. You go out there, you unlearn, you don't know all the word of God, you don't know all the answers, and somebody's going to try to trick you up and make a fool out of you. No, they won't. When you get there, God has a way of shutting their mouth, and God has a way of opening your mouth and giving you the right things to say. All He wants you to do is be faithful. The rewards for our service is sure. You know, I say this sometimes, and I'm very careful how I say it because I never want to uh, degrade God or His Word or, or take any glory from Him. But I don't serve God just to be saved from my sins. I serve God because I want rewards when I get to heaven. I want something that I can lay at Jesus' feet one day. I don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. I really don't. Now, the reward for our service then is absolute sure. Listen to this. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. John chapter 12, verse 24. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am there also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Amen. I want to be honored by God. I want to serve the Lord as best I can. And I know my uh, shortcomings. I know that I can't do a lot of things that other people do. But I can do something. I can do something to serve the Lord. And I'm going to be faithful at it. I'm not going to quit. And not only that, but I want to be faithful to encouraging people. I was reading and studying the other day. You know what I believe the world needs right now more than anything? Someone just encouragers. I mean, everywhere you get, everybody's down on everything. Talking about bad things all the time. I never have wanted to hear somebody talk about bad things all the time. Now, every once in a while I get off on Biden, I get to talking about bad things a little bit. But I try to get off of it just as soon as I can because I don't want to dwell on it. I really don't. I want to dwell on good things. And I want to share good things with people. And just like every Sunday, I try to get people to stand and say, what has God done good for you? I want to hear it. Amen? And I'd like to tell you what God's done for me. And what I'm saying is, I believe the world needs encouragers today. Did you know that there's a lot of people that used to serve the Lord? Me and Ms. Harden was talking about two brothers that used to come to church here uh, that don't come anymore. And I found out they go and play golf every Sunday morning. Uh, 
And I said, you know, and I call him and I encourage him and encourage him and encourage him. You say, preachers ain't doing no good. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you will do what you're supposed to do, then the Holy Spirit takes over. And I, I, I have seen people that, it says, that people say, well, you ain't affecting him. Oh, yes, you are. You don't know what's going on in the heart. And the Word of God said, it will not return unto me void. And so if you give out the Word of God, encourage people in the Word of God, get backsliders back serving the Lord, uh, get people saved serving, that's the work of the Lord. And you can do something. Amen? You can hand out a tract. You can witness. I was witnessing to a, a man in, uh, at a service station one day, and his wife had gone in to pay the bill, and they had on the speaker out there by, by the pump. And she hollered out there on her phone to her husband, they can hear everything y'all saying in here. Like that's going to stop me? I got more to speak to than that we got out there to pump now. I laughed, at a, I laughed at a preacher friend of mine. He built a big church down south of here. And he went down there and his sound system wasn't loud enough getting reaching people. So he put speakers on the inside and then he put some on the outside. And he was getting screaming and hollering and preaching like he would do. And little Methodist, two ladies come back on Monday. They come down there to his office, see him, come in and said, Now, Pastor, uh, you need to do something to your sound system. It's bad. It's not working right. And she said, What's the problem? Well, it's so loud that we can't hear our pastor preaching. He said, I don't have no problem with my sound system. You need to get you a new one. (laughs) Glad I'm saved tonight. Amen. Father, go with us on our way home. Encourage us all the time that we might stay true to You and encourage other people. People are going through hard times right now. They just need a kind word or a hand upon them, Lord, just to say, I love You. I'm thinking about You. I'm praying for You. It means so much. Help us to be busy about Your work. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Mrs. Elizabeth, what would you like to sing?